0: I I like to throw out this quote by Mark Twain, it says a a banker is a fellow who gives you his umbrella when it's sunny and asks for it back when it starts to rain. And that's a story about, hey, we're going to lend you money when the sun is shining and you're doing well, but the minute something happens, a pandemic or a major housing crisis causing recession, hey, we want our money back. And that's when a banker needs to stand tall and say, we're in it with you and we're going to stick with you through this process. Welcome back to the Apex
1: Business Advisors Podcast. I am the assistant host, joined as always by the host of the show, Doug Hubler. Doug, how are you why, today? Why is this changed? You're the
2: host.
0: Well, I'm was the
1: co-host. Kind of a Dwight Schrute type thing okay. where he would announce himself as assistant manager and <laughs> Michael would say assistant to the regional manager. So trying to change it up a little bit today okay. because we're also changing it up because we have a guest. So... We had Valerie a few weeks ago. Success story. Last week it nice. was just us, and then you have once again become tired of me and have brought
2: someone in. Want somebody in. else in. Okay.
1: Which I think that I, I actually am the reason why we do have this person in, because I was sharing with you that story of the buyer that I had last week that refused to go through the SBA to get their, their uh. loan because of all the red tape that and the time it so was going to So that's just take. the latest
2: one, because I had one the week before that. And so we brought a guest. Would you like to introduce our guest? Jason's an SBA expert, and he, he gave me a long bio to read. I'm not going to read it. Okay. <laughs> so, I, you know, Jason's been around for years, and is the banking expert. In Kansas City and nationally, I think he's he's ranked nationally uh, with SBA, top lender. Been doing SBA for years. Has led a couple of big banks here locally, and and took one of them to number one in SBA in acquisitions. So, when we want to know uh, what's going on with SBA, we know who to call. We call Jason. Jason Moxness. Jason
0: Moxness welcome to the show. (laughs) Thanks guys and thanks Doug for that intro that I did not write. (laughs) (laughs) He he did a great (laughs) job of improv.
1: (laughs) So what I thought would be fun is uh, to have a handful of myths dispelling the SBA myth and we thought who better to join us than you for this. So if you don't mind I'm just gonna jump right into SBA myth number one. Let's go. SBA lending is slow with Mountains of red tape and paperwork. Doug, you think that one's true or false? Oh, absolutely true.
0: I'm on true as well, Jason. <laughs> well, that is a, an objection that I hear quite frequently. Uh, I don't want to go through with the SBA process. It's difficult, tons of paperwork, takes a long time, and this is probably the the largest or biggest apprehension that I hear most often from many clients and. I will say you're both correct with an asterisk. it It is, can be difficult, but it's like any other type of lending. If you're doing a commercial loan, if you're doing a home loan, yes, the bank is going to ask you for a number of different things. They're going to want you to see your tax returns. They want to see personal financial statements. They want to see a business plan. So SBA lending really is no different than any other form of lending. The bank's going to ask you some questions. They're going to need to get some financials from you, all things that you would expect to give. But if you are comparing an SBA loan to a traditional commercial loan, most clients would not recognize the difference between the two. We we request the same information and granted there is a a number of different SBA documents that you wouldn't have maybe with a, a traditional commercial loan, but most lenders these days are very good about helping the clients through that process, filling a lot of it out for them. Uh, a lot of it is just box checking uh, exercises in these documents, so I would say that it is no more difficult than any other type of loan out there right now.
1: And I would say that's something that we can also help, both buyer and seller, understanding that these are the typical documents, this is the typical process, let us make sure yeah, that we have the same Setting
2: expectations is what we like to do, and so that they're not freaked out when they go talk to the bank. Now, One thing I would add to this, too, is that if you don't go to the right bank, it can take extra long time because the bank may not know what they're doing in the SBA. And we found that to be true, which is why when when somebody's dealing with us and looking for a loan to buy a business, we want them to go
0: to our approved lenders because we know they're experienced. In, the, in that world. Yeah, well. that's a great point to make, Doug, and is something that uh, the SBA has changed over the years. If you go back historically, you know, the SBA program has been around since 1953. It's been a government program for that long. And like any other program, it, it goes through its evolution of changes, and technology has helped things, and we're continually looking to improve the processes. And when the SBA rolled out the Preferred Lender Program, it really put the, uh, the decision-making process in the hands of the banks, and that tremendously changed the outcome for these clients from a timing perspective. So it gives the bank a lot more flexibility and authority over making loan decisions, and that in and of itself has significantly improved the entire process. You know, To Doug's point, not every bank is a preferred lender. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bank has to prove to the SBA through time and proficiency and performance that they are capable of both originating, processing, closing, and servicing an SBA loan. So not every bank is a preferred lender, and going to a preferred lender is very important to helping clients and contacts through these processes.
1: General time difference between going through a preferred lender and... So we call it the GP process. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: So that's somebody who has a bank who does not have a preferred status or don't
0: want the preferred status. So then that takes extra time. Yeah, you still have to go through the normal processes within a bank. Whether you're a preferred lender or not, every bank has its approval process. So let's say you're going with a bank that's not a preferred lender, which is totally okay. Uh, You know, a lot of banks just getting into the program, again, still have the training wheels on. So they go through their own approval process. Once they get it approved locally, they have to submit it to the SBA for approval. So that's the time period that a preferred lender does not have. Once a preferred lender makes a loan decision, they can start the closing process. A non-preferred lender just has to go to the SBA for approval, and that process, depending on the time of year and volume, can take anywhere from an additional three weeks to additional six weeks. So that is probably the main difference uh, in comparing a preferred versus non-preferred lender.
1: SBA myth number two: The SBA lends directly to small businesses, so I can get a loan anywhere. True. I'll let you I'm going to go with false. I feel, like, I feel like this is one of those uh, professional exams
2: where every answer well, is false. Are you doing it? Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm going to go with
1: gotcha. false. Break the argument. Settle, settle the argument
0: for us, Jason. Well, since Doug's been in the business so long, it was true back in the day that the SBA would be the one actually making the loans. You'd have to go downtown to the SBA office, fill out that mountain of paperwork, and you'd have a loan directly with the SBA. So back to the preferred lender program the sba realized hey we're not lenders and we're not really uh, equipped to handle the volume of this many requests so they pushed it back then to the banks to be able to do that part of it so uh, you are correct the sba is not a direct lender you do not go to the sba to get a loan you go to a bank who is an sba lender and the bank is the one that gives you the money you will be the client of the bank that gives you that money all the sba does currently is provide a backstop to the bank. It's almost like an insurance policy. So the SBA guarantees a percentage of that deal for the bank, but it still is the bank's money, it's the bank's loan decision, and the bank is the one that you'd be working with, not the SBA. Then why doesn't a bank just approve every deal then if it's, if it's guaranteed? <laughs> That's a great question as well, and you would find, you will find banks that uh, truly rely on that guarantee saying, hey, The SBA is in this deal for 75%. There's not that much risk to the bank. Let's just make a risky loan decision. That would not be good for a bank to do because it's still the bank's responsibility to originate and approve prudently a good loan. So if that loan goes bad, it's not a matter of the bank says, oh, well, we tried. And hey, SBA, send us our 75% back that you're guaranteeing this. It's like any other insurance program. If you look at the SBA guarantee as an, you know, an insurance uh, against default, the SBA is going to say, "Hey, bank, what what did you do? Why did this loan go bad? Let's uh, let's look under the hood and figure out where a mistake was made before we decide if we want to actually pay that guarantee to you." And by the way, it's up to you, banker, to fully liquidate this this loan. So you've got to go through the closing of the business, the liquidation process, the gathering and selling of collateral. So. There is no bank out there that wants to take a risk because they know that the loan is guaranteed by the SBA. They still need to and want to desire to put the best loans possible on the books. And it also looks bad uh, on the bank. So you can actually lose your preferred lender status if you have a history of loans that go bad. So every good bank, which I believe they all are, really has the client's best interest in mind, the bank's best interest in mind, as well as the SBA. So...
1: And I think that jumps us right into myth number three. SBA loans are for struggling businesses. I think we just answered that as true. I'm going to go true,
2: (laughs) Doug. Of course. I mean, they're guaranteed loans, right? And that's why at APEX. I want the money. What's the government program this week? I heard that there's a a grant out there for my business because I'm struggling. Where do I apply?
1: Well, it's the SBA, and as sellers of distressed businesses as we are, (laughs) we are well aware. (laughs) Oh, this is going the wrong way. (laughs) These are loans for struggling businesses. What say you, Jason?
0: I wish we had a gong, because that that would be good right now, is to bang the gong and saying, "No, that is incorrect. The SBA is not for struggling businesses, but it is a common mis you know misconception." I do have clients saying, hey, I don't need the SBA. I'm already an existing company. We're doing very well. Why would I need an SBA loan? And I respond to them and saying, the SBA portion of it is not for, I don't consider them subprime commercial loans. We still have to make sure that you have cash flow. The SBA still has to know that you can repay the loan. So this is not a loan program. It's not a grant program to prop up poorly run and operated businesses. The reason why it's an SBA loan typically is around collateral. SBA loans will have lack of collateral where a traditional commercial loan does not. Most banks will need collateral. That's, that's how you know if you're talking to a traditional commercial bank is that they ask for what's the collateral look like. Is it a building? Is it equipment? Is it inventory? Is it accounts receivable? Is it something that if this loan goes bad I can actually go pick up and sell to pay the loan back? That is a traditional commercial loan. An SBA loan is just the opposite. There is no collateral. You know, In the businesses that you are selling, you're selling them for a multiple of their cash flows. You're not selling them for the value of their assets. So an SBA loan really is one of the only loans, if not the only loan on the market right now, that allows you to monetize these businesses based on how well they cash flow. And it allows banks to lend on something that we call goodwill. There is not tangible assets in the company. It's goodwill, and that's what allows banks to be able to lend money on those types of businesses with the backstop of the SBA guarantee of 75%. But they still need to demonstrate these are, these are good, cash-flowing, successful companies, and that's what makes them an SBA loan, and it truly really is the distinguishing point of collateral versus non-collateral.
1: The fourth myth is that the burden of an SBA loan outweighs the benefits.
0: I think we have dispelled this one already. I'm going
1: to go with that is false. Wait, repeat the question. The burden of an SBA loan outweighs the benefits. Mm. That's
0: true. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess I would reframe that saying or the, the pain potentially of getting an SBA loan is worse than the actual benefits of it. And I would say that that is false. The benefits of an SBA loan are, are tremendous. Unlike any other commercial loan out there, the SBA allows you to amortize a loan, meaning you've got a 10-year loan. You've got 10 years to repay this debt. They can't call your note. They can't, like a lot of banks can on the commercial side, if uh, three years from now they decide, hey, I don't like the liquor store. We want you to go somewhere else. That's impossible, an SBA loan. So once you are approved for an SBA loan and all you have to do is make your payments, you're good until the last payment is made. You don't have to re-qualify. You don't have to prove yourself any longer. You've got a nice long 10-year amortization to make your payments. And I will say, if you've been around the last two years, we experienced something called a pandemic. And if you saw what the SBA did for their clients is something that none of us have seen in the history of the financial markets, meaning the SBA stepped up and made payments for all of their SBA clients during that time period. They recognized that, hey, we're heading into something that we've never experienced before. We don't want these loans to go bad. The SBA actually made six months of payments for all SBA clients if you weren't an SBA client, you're on your own. So there's a tremendous benefit to being inside the safety net, if you will, of an SBA loan. Just by what they demonstrated in uh, in doing that last year, they they deferred payments as well. You know, another 90 days of payments. We want to make sure that the businesses succeed. And between payment deferments and actually making principal and interest payments for them, and then the whole PPP process, you know, that was for everybody, whether you're an SBA client or not. So there's there's almost no businesses in the in, in the United States right now that doesn't have or doesn't have experience with an SBA loan. If you got PPP money or EIDL money, congratulations, you uh, you're a, you're an SBA client. And that, that was
2: a huge factor, obviously, yeah. for everybody, because there there weren't commercial lenders or there aren't commercial lenders who are just going to p- make payments for you or defer no. payments at all. And back in 2009 and 10, when you know the financial crisis. The things that we saw were banks that were calling notes. So you you said one of the important factors with the SBA is they won't call the notes. Well, we saw that happen, and we had businesses calling us to see if we could sell their business or help them find another bank, and they had 30 days to find another lender. Well, you know that's pretty tough to do, and if they had had an SBA loan, that would not have happened. These guys were making their payments, but... The bank just wanted out of, I think at the time it was construction industry was the big, was the big
0: factor there. They Banks wanted out. I, I like to throw out this quote by Mark Twain. It says, a, a banker is a fellow who gives you his umbrella when it's sunny and asks for it back when it starts to rain. And that's mm-hmm. a story about, hey, we're, we're going to lend you money when the sun is shining and you're doing right. well. But the right. minute something happens, a uh, pandemic or a major housing crisis causing a recession, hey, we want our money back and that's when a banker needs to stand tall and say we're in it with you and we're going to stick with you through this process and that is what the sba allows bankers to do is stick with these small businesses don't pull the rug out when they're on the ropes stay with them and do everything you can to help them. And if that means defer payments, if that means make payments for them, if that means giving them almost free money or free money through the PPP process, that keeps the whole country alive and afloat. And if it wasn't for the SBA doing that over the last 24 months, we'd be in a much different situation. Today. So I think the SBA, if it did have any kind of negative connotation over the years, I hope that the last 24 months changed the mind of many people looking at an SBA loan. There's
2: another reason for the SBA, and you mentioned it really, is that there, there's not the demand for collateral, although we heard buyers say, well, I don't want to guarantee the loan, or I don't want to have to put my house up, and those kinds of things. But in our world, when uh, buying and selling businesses, if there wasn't for the SBA, we would not have a market. Mm-hmm. There would be no transfer of ownership of businesses. Because all there would be, would be commercial loans for that inventory, or that equipment that might be worth 10 cents on the dollar really and they, that's how they would look at it mm-hmm. what's the real collateral value and we're selling businesses, as you mentioned with Goodwill where the price of the business which is, had a good multiple wasn't crazy but the equipment was only worth maybe 10% of the of the purchase price mm-hmm. so you know, you're you're dealing with people all the time and say hey I don't want to guarantee. How are are other banks doing this? If it's not an SBA or, I mean, do other banks, do commercial lenders have to have personal signatures and guarantees and that kind of thing?
0: Yeah, that's a good question too. So to put it right out there, every SBA loan is 100% personally guaranteed by the person signing for the loan. So yes, when you're personally guaranteeing something, we're asking that you stand behind your signature and that if worse comes to worse and things don't work out, you're still gonna do your best to repay the note. That's really all a personal guarantee is. But if you look at you know anything else in this world, almost everything is personally guaranteed. You want to, you're moving and you wanna get your utility set up, you're personally guaranteeing that. You're renting office space you're personally guaranteeing the lease. So everything is personally guaranteed. Traditional commercial loans are personally guaranteed. You know, a lot of, they call them non-recourse loans. I mean, no matter what happens, Mr. Borrower, we're not gonna hold anything against you those kind of went away in the last recession enough banks got burned with non recourse loans so enough borrowers just walked away hey my name's not on this i didn't guarantee it here's the keys back so that type of lending really is non existent anymore there's a few sectors i'll say multifamily you know you've got a large apartment complex potentially and you've got good equity in it you've got a lot of tenants the you know the building or the business itself really self supports it based on the rents coming in. there's There are some of those to the right borrowers on the right types of deals that could be not personally guaranteed. But yes, everything has to be personally guaranteed. And if I'm going to give you money as a banker, I mean, it would give me pause for you to tell me, well, I don't, I'm, I don't trust myself enough to be successful in this business. And if I fail, I don't want to give up any of my stuff. Right. Well, maybe right. we shouldn't right. do the loan then. If, if, if we're going to be all in with the money as a bank, we want you to be all in with everything that you've got as a business owner. Historically, there's only a 2% default rate on SBA loans. 98% of SBA loans are successful. That's a very high percentage. Only 2% uh, are unsuccessful. And uh, so that's, that should tell you then too, they are, we're trying to make the best loans possible and the, the vast majority end up being successful. The last thing we wanna do is go to you and tap your personal guarantee saying, hey, we're going to need more from you if you're going to close this business. So nobody wants to go through that. We want to make the best decisions up front to prevent you from doing that. And if you're buying a business, that's why a bank might ask a lot of questions. They want to make sure. It's not that they don't want to lend you the money, but they want to make sure that you're in this for the right reasons. You have the ability to run a company and not just the ability to buy it, but can you actually run it once you buy it? And those kinds of things, it's almost like interviewing for a job. You need to make sure you have the right person in the right seat, Uh, and then we'll give you the money to drive the car. But before we put you in the driver's seat, let's let's have a few checks and balances and and questions out there.
1: What about the myth that SBA loans are not
2: borrower-friendly? Your thoughts, Mm, Doug? My thoughts. I'll say they're borrower-friendly.
1: I agree. I think they're borrower-friendly as well.
0: Wow, finally something that we can agree on. So you must have been I've listening to these one, last few minutes of me right. preaching about right. how great the SBA yeah. loan, because <laughs> yes, I will say they are borrower friendly. You, know, you, can, uh, you can, one, you can buy a business for as little as 10% down. Most commercial loans, even, you, you might be buying a building, they still want 20 to 25% down. We can finance a business that you folks sell with as little as 10% down. That's pretty borrower friendly. And we can do those loans over 10 years versus a traditional three year, if, you're, if you could get a commercial loan on some of this stuff, we can take this out over 10 years, that's borrower friendly. We're not gonna pull the rug out from you, meaning we're not gonna call your note, that's pretty borrower friendly. And if, God forbid, we have another situation like a pandemic, the SBA has already proved they're gonna step in and help you with your payments, that's pretty borrower friendly. So I would say yes, the SBA is very borrower friendly, business friendly the SBA actually puts guidelines in place so that banks cannot be overly aggressive in their collection efforts you have to do everything you can to help the small business you can't just go in even if they do stop making their payments you can't be overly aggressive in closing that business down or taking their personal assets you have to work with them to help them through the process because again any nobody wants a business failure in a liquidation event so I would say the SBA is very borrower friendly, almost so much so. Some banks don't even participate in the program. They're like, well, we don't. We want more control over our clients. We want to be able to step in and take our assets at any time. Okay, well then maybe you're not a good bank for an SBA uh, program. I was going to
2: say, I think most commercial lenders that we've heard about, uh, they are going to be pretty aggressive in mm-hmm. trying to get that business back as soon as possible, Grab the collateral, the trucks, or whatever they can get, and and move on. Yep. They'd rather just close out the loan, get it off their books, and move on. But SBA then is easier to deal with.
1: Well, and what Jason said, I had written down to a T, like almost verbatim, word for word, on that that last myth there. So I, I think <laughs> that that I uh, I think he was looking at my paper. Uh huh. Must have been <laughs> cheater. Honest with you. Uh, any other myths that we. We can dispel here
0: today for our, uh, our
1: Apex Business Advisor podcast listeners.
0: You know, no, I think we hit uh, a lot of the, the hot buttons there, a lot of the, uh, the apprehension in, uh, in getting an SBA loan, I hope, has been dispelled a little bit. One thing we didn't talk about is where can you go to get an SBA loan, and that might be something we could talk through just, you know, for a few minutes. But there's, in Kansas City anyway, in our market, there's 160 different banks. 160 different bank charters, 160 different bank names. Not These aren't hmm. branches, these are 160 different banks. All of them have access to the SBA program. It's a government program given to all banks and credit unions who apply and would like to participate in the SBA program. So you've got seemingly an endless choice of 160 banks just in our marketplace. However, if you look at the volume being done by those 160 banks, kind of like the 80-20 rule. 80% of the volume in Kansas City is done by maybe 10 banks of the 160. So there's a lot of banks who can do an SBA loan, and they'll try to help you through the process. And when you go to one of those who don't really like doing that, you might have a poor experience as a client. So it is important to find a bank that does this day in, day out, that actually has an SBA department, that has done a significant number of SBA loans, and like anything else repetition gives you proficiency in something so when you do it every single day it just makes the process that much easier for the client so there's probably 10 if not fewer banks in our marketplace that i would consider in that realm of banks that truly understand the sba yeah. I think there's a, even a smaller number of banks that do
2: acquisition lending in SBA. So mm-hmm. some you know we've seen some of the large banks who, in Kansas City, say Commerce Bank or UMB, some of those who have a lot of SBA loans. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the detail, it's inventory financing, receivables financing, that kind of thing, right? Or, or equipment, maybe. Right. But for acquisition lending, very few
0: know it and are and are good at it and or or want it that's very true and and even if they want it to what level do they want it you know the sba allows banks to lend up to five million dollars that doesn't mean every bank is willing to step out Mm -hmm. in an act of good faith and go to five million dollars so it does narrow the field significantly based on the type of deal i.e being a business acquisition loan and the size of deal you know going up to five million for instance Yeah, it's pretty thin air up there. So it is difficult to find the right bank. And I know that uh, the two of you have connections with uh, a lot of the, I shouldn't even say a lot of the good banks, the few good banks that know how to do those loans is something that you provide. It's an added value to your clients. So rather than put them on the street saying, hey, good luck, go find a loan, giving them guidance is very important on, hey, You don't have to go to these three banks, but these are three banks that have performed for us in the past. They understand this type of business, and you'll have a successful closing going with one of those two or three banks. Well, and the best way that people can get in touch with us is through the website kcapex.com.
1: There's plenty of great information out there about the SBA lending process and buying process, selling process. You can get in touch with the entire staff here at
2: Apex. We're always happy to help too with answering questions for the SBA
0: and we can get you in touch with Jason Moxness. I would say I would like to be considered as one of your one of your banking referral partners so if you're interested in an SBA loan Connect through the two of you, and uh, they can find me through you uh, at any point. So.
1: And uh, until next week, if you're buying or selling a business, we got you, fam.